It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Most weeks we try to have a guest and entertain you guys outside of Brian and me, but no guests this week, so you're stuck with us and we're just going to talk for a while so what's up right yeah this will probably be the best podcast ever i i it will get so many hits and so many <laughs> likes on uh on itunes we're big time on itunes i'm sure we are right there with yeah. the howard stern and <laughs> hey, i don't we like you said we just advertised this as hey we had michael porter on so we're right. kind of big right <laughs> it's a pretty big deal maybe we'll just number re- one draft pick a- after a few people listen to this one they'll say can you just rerun the last one that had porter <laughs> but uh okay so do we want to start with like the uh, the kind of fun, uh, just just lighthearted talk, or do we want to start out with my old man self righteous rant about how people are stupid and do stupid things in light of breaking news this morning? Uh, stupid's always a good way to get the morning going, I guess. <laughs> All right, we'll get the bad news out of the way. Uh, most people listening to this have probably heard Missouri defensive end. Uh, Nate Howard, arrested at 7 o'clock last night, um, was pulled over for having year-old expired tags on his car, and the police found marijuana and mushrooms in his car, which um, that's not ideal. Um, At last check, about 10 o'clock this morning, Nate was still in the Boone County Jail, um, awaiting $5,500 bond. I, I think bond is right. I I'm not well versed enough to know yeah, bond know and bail. Either. I don't really get the difference, but I know a few people that have been in the Boone County Jail, and it's <laughs> not fun. They've said so. my my first Power Mizzou uh, actually assignment was sitting in the Boone County Jail waiting for Ricky Clemens to walk out. <laughs> so look how far <laughs> we've come in fourteen Talking about years. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, so my first reaction is the same as it always is in these situations, like. If you, like, I don't care if you do drugs or not, whatever, a lot of people do. Like, why don't people just do them at their house or their apartment? What What is the I, need to drive around with them? I have no idea. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. It's, you're just, there's so much more opportunity to get caught when you're out and about doing it. If yeah. you're in your house, people don't care. They normally, even if they smell something or suspect something, they're not going to take the time to tell the cops and generally occasionally they it happens but i don't know it's i i will give nate credit for this like this is a new one for me i've i've seen pot I've, we've seen cocaine right. I've, I've not seen an arrest for mushrooms this is Shrooms. this is changing it up yeah it's uh you can like getting a little psychedelic <laughs> i guess, I guess. <laughs> uh but look i mean i we don't know what's going we got this statement this morning hey we know about it we're handling it he's indefinitely suspended that could mean for a few weeks uh, you know in past some kids have gotten arrested in the summer and by fall camp they're good to go like they serve their suspension june is a good time to uh to serve suspensions uh but we don't know look nate howard may be done um and, and i posted this on our message board people need to understand football coaches do not kick good players off the team unless they have no other choice right so if this ends up that nate howard is off the team I'm not listening to the, oh, well, you know, they wouldn't do this at other SEC schools and the cops hate Missouri and the coach is an idiot. Look, they don't kick players off the team the first time they get in trouble. So if that's where this ends up, 
let's understand, Barry Odom doesn't want to kick good players off the team in a year he has to win games. Yeah, there, there has to be something to it that we don't know that, that ha- maybe happened in the past or there's more to the story. There's all sorts of things that could be going on that we're never going to know about because that's And just, don't need to know about. Right, and don't need to know about. That's just the way this works. It's, it's, a, it's still a student. I mean, and th- these kind of things are meant to be private for a reason. They're, his parents will know, the coaches will know, and certain administrators will know, but the public isn't entitled to know the detail, all the details of the situation. That's just not how it works. And we want to be clear. Look, we don't know that Nate Howard is kicked off the team at this right. point. No idea. He may not be. He may be suspended for a couple of weeks. Rourke Cutchlow may get to own him for the <laughs> summer, and we may go he on. He wish but he was kicked off the team he, if that happens. Right. But, look, this was a kid who – Came out of spring as maybe a starting defensive end. Yeah, probably. Likely opposite Marcel Frazier, depending on what happened with uh, Nate Anderson coming in from the JUCO and Jordan Harold, what what they see with him. And Trey Williams has progressed quite a bit, we've been told, and gotten a lot stronger. A few other names, I'm sure, that were in the mix. Spencer Williams transferred over the, over mm-hmm. the during spring ball or just before. Um, so, and you got to throw the fact that Walter Brady still should be a starting defensive end on this team right. and was kicked off last summer. Right, uh, for for reasons unknown at this point, I think. And, uh, yeah, it's – I mean, you don't like to make a lot of situations like this. Obviously, anytime kids are messing with drugs and stuff, you, I mean, it, like you said, it happens. But, I mean, something's going on with them. Something's causing people to do things like this. So, I don't know. Just when – I this is rolling back. You mentioned shrooms. I just keep thinking about uh, – Super Troopers and the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. And, I, I, and the kid licking the back of the the cop car's window. And I the, plead complete ignorance on that. Never seen no, Super, never super Troopers? It. Never it's watched. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I may now, though. Um, but, uh, you, you know, people had panicked about defensive tackle. And now, all of a sudden, with everybody they brought in, that's actually a position where, look, I don't know if they have any good players outside of Terry Beckner, but they have a lot of players. Like, and, there are guys that can play defensive end. Dude, this is Missouri's bread and butter position, right? And I don't know if they have much this year. And I don't know what you think, but Terry Beckner, depending—I mean, coming back from the knee injury makes it more precarious. But he's a hell of an athlete. He's a guy you yeah. might be able to, especially if you want a bigger D line. He's a guy you might be able to put. I mean, I, I could see him out on the end, like on third down. I right. don't think it's every down, right? But yeah, I could see him out there. I mean, uh, it, Marcel Fraser. We know what we're getting there. Trey Williams now becomes a guy that you hope was going to be good to a guy that almost has to be good. And Nate Anderson, you hope yeah. he's ready to go coming from JUCO. Um, and he didn't get to come in uh, for spring ball like he thought he would originally, but, but he's we think on he's campus here. now yeah. is what we're, as we understand it. So he's working with these guys. He's getting himself ready to uh, have – he's going to have a big opportunity to come in right away and, and make an impact. And – Look, we are now, as of today, we are four weeks away from SEC Media Days. We are probably seven weeks away or so from the start of fall camp. Like, this stuff's coming. Right. The the summer is technically I mean, not June, even started, but we're getting there. Right, June's half over. Yeah. Um, so, August, early August, they'll be here before we know it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Nate Howard, who knows? Again, maybe he's on the team, but I think at this point you have to look at the 2017 season – as not including Nate Howard, even if he's not right. kicked off the team. Right. I mean, there's a chance it could be a, a large suspension maybe or, or some other things going on. If the, or, if or at best case scenario, even a short suspension, like you don't come back number one on the depth chart. 
Right. After this, you're going to have to pass a lot of people in fall camp. Yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of things that could happen with him. There's a lot of unknown with it right now. Um, so that's that's why you kind of got to look at all the different oper- different things that could happen with the defensive end position and and uh, and kind of go from there. And, uh, I, again, I think the good news for Missouri defensively, regardless of the personnel, like it can't be worse. I, I don't see how they can be worse than last Not year. Not than the Middle Tennessee State game or some of the other early I, I, games. I thought I, I frankly thought the worst one was Tennessee. Like right, at least yeah, you're they, playing a team with like Alvin Kamara's good, Josh Dobbs is good. They they had personnel, but I mean Tennessee could have played that game for nine hours and they were going to score every single time they touched the ball. Right. Yeah. I, if I remember right, I didn't watch that game. Honestly. I watched. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch a lot of the fourth quarter because I was writing because it was a night game in Knoxville. But I, I mean that was like flashbacks to the late '80s when like you just. It said, we hope the other team scores quickly so maybe we can get it back and score. Yeah, Scott Frost and Eric Crouch <laughs> running all over the place. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. And that uh, that kind of kind of leads into what we were going to spend a little bit of time talking about. We just started this. I uh, did that on purpose. I, I'm impressed. Uh, <laughs> they call that a segue in the uh, professional radio business, of which we have absolutely no part. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we've been doing this, just started a couple days ago, this 30 games in 30 days over when the last Gabe 30 When Gabe says we, years. he means him. I mean me. Yeah. But uh, it, 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 we're a team, Brian. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it started that a couple days ago, and we will count down, and this is nothing more than, like, my opinion. Uh, people are going to get to the end of this and say, you're an idiot. Why is this number two, and why is, was this not on and all that? But just kind of the 30 top games over the last 30 years and I intentionally didn't say the 30 best games or the 30 most memorable games or the 30 most important games they were just going back looking through seasons I just kind of picked out the 30 games and go this sticks out for one reason or another um and look I think it we're kind of ruining things but everybody understands what's going to be number one on this list right yeah you know uh... you can't do that it involves an imaginary bird and a yes. sod. Yes, and you could do the top 30 games of the last 300 years right. for Missouri, and it would still be number right. one, Missouri-Kansas 07, but the intrigue, I, I think, is really what games do you remember. So, like, just kind of top of your head, not looking back, like, if you think about the last, whatever, 10, 20, 30 years of Missouri football, what game sticks out to you? Oh, it's easy for me because I was actually still, like, a fan and just out of high school and when they when they beat Nebraska that first time okay. after yeah after going so long with losing to them I I moved for people who don't know I didn't move to Missouri till I was about in sixth grade lived in Seattle and area so I was I didn't grow up a Tiger fan or anything like that and even when we moved here they were so irrelevant in football I, I we never really paid any attention to it and then I had a history teacher my junior and senior year that just was a huge Missouri fan and was always talking about him. And that was about the time that Larry Smith had the, that was the 97, 98 teams and stuff like that. So it was getting to where people were paying attention. And then I graduated, came back and went to that game with some friends. And it, I mean, it was a crazy, it was just, I couldn't talk for four or five days after that game, just yeah. screaming and cheering and that's the one I'll remember. It was just that was one of the coolest days, nights, weekends uh, I've had with friends and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I have a tough time narrowing it down to one. I mean, the whole Oklahoma weekend with mm-hmm. game day. I, w- I was at game day with my son. That really kind of stood out it, to me. If you think of one moment or one play, like 
I don't think there's been a louder moment in Mizzou history than John McGaffey returning that touchdown. Right. Yeah. That was that. That was. I mean, <clears throat> I was going to school then after being in the Navy and up in the top back when they had that top level of the press box and mm-hmm. it was open air up there and you could stand on the sides. I was standing on the. I guess it would have been the south side and just even then working for the university and just everybody around there was going crazy it was it was it was so loud that was one of those okay this really lived up to the hype moments like that was like let's say on november 10th you know michael porter hits a buzzer beating Mm three-pointer against iowa state that's going to be like wait dude you can't write this he just ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown against the number one team in the country uh couple other ones, and I, I posted this story on our message board. Um, I was in, in 97, October of 97. I was in Las Vegas celebrating my 20th, 21st birthday, and uh, they, Missouri was playing Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Game ended up, Missouri won 51-50, I think in triple overtime. But this is kind of a peek into Vegas, and we are doing this on very little sleep at the time. I'm sure really in, in complete <laughs> correct state of mind and all that. <laughs> But every now and then we would walk away from the tables and, and I would go over to the sports book and just kind of look up at the score because I knew Missouri was playing. And I'm like, I'm check the score, all that. You know, I was a junior in college at the junior senior in college at the time. And uh, so I look up at one point and it was like Oklahoma State 35, Missouri 28. I looked up about two minutes later. It was Oklahoma State 35, Missouri 34. No time left. And I'm sitting here going. Missouri seriously just lost a game because they missed an extra point. Right. Like, of course they did. This is exactly <laughs> what happened. Well, Vegas sportsbooks apparently keep up with things pretty quickly, and they had just updated the score before the extra point was attempted. It leads me to believe there are people in Las Vegas who are quite interested in these scores. Yeah, yeah, I think there are a few of them. <laughs> it seems to be a big, big business that, the uh, for some reason, the government doesn't want to take advantage of. And- yeah. <laughs> Uh, 97 was also the last year I bet on a football game. It did not go well, and uh, at that point I decided that there were people who knew more things about it than I did. Um, one other one that that I just always remember was, uh, I believe it was 09 against Kansas State, when I think Denario Alexander mm-hmm. beat Kansas State one on 22. Yeah, I, that— Maybe outside of Brad Smith and the Oklahoma and Texas Texas games, and maybe even including those, I don't think I've ever seen one guy have a better game. Yeah, I, I remember that one as well. It was uh, he was it's those knees, man. Those knees. Yeah. If those knees could have just held up a little bit better, he would have been a, a good player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he was just oh, yeah. so fast, so big. I mean, just his strides. It looked like he was running five he, yards, he was six five yards, yards with every, every step. step. Yeah. Yeah, that that game, I don't even remember what his numbers ended up being. Did he have? He I had, know he had two hundred. It was something like thirteen for two twenty and three right, touchdowns yeah. or something like that. Just an unbelievable performance. That was one, and that whole season, just everything he every game. Best individual season I've ever seen out of a non quarterback at Missouri. Like it's not even right. close. Yeah, better than any. Like Devin West had a really good year at running back. I know and some yeah. some of those other guys throughout the years. Jimmy Macklin. Had some good years, but yeah, that that year was it was like you said, it's unbelievable. That was the year, by the way. He was not a Bolitnikoff Award finalist, but uh, <laughs> it, what I always think about with Denario, and I was talking to Will Franklin about this a couple weeks ago at one of Missouri's camps. I, I insist had Will or had Denario Alexander not gotten hurt in fall camp in 2007, Jeremy Macklin does not start a game for that team. Yeah, that's how good he was. 
And yeah, you were around the team a lot more than I was, so I I would believe that. Not, but... not that Jeremy wouldn't have been a good player. Obviously, right. he would have played a lot. They played a lot of receivers. But Denario Alexander was the best freshman receiver on that team. It, it was it was it, that was back when you know when we were like allowed to watch fall camp and mm-hmm. tell people about it. And like three days in, we're going, well, this kid's gonna play. He's unbelievable. And Macklin would have been a redshirt freshman that year because yeah, he because missed this season before because he had a knee injury with the knee injury. Yeah, and and Macklin was very good too. But but that camp, I just remember uh, Denario really being being the guy that stood out. So w- one other thing I wanted to talk about, and this was kind of a. I thought about this earlier in the week, and then somebody asked a mailbag question about it. Will Missouri football and basketball ever be good at the same time? I mean, the odds say they will be. <laughs> Eventually, right? Yeah, I don't know if it'll be in our I, lifetime I mean, if you look back at like 07, 08, 09, when Missouri was really good at football, mm-hmm. and then that was when Mike Anderson, uh, 08, they were not all that good, but then 09 – was the 0809 was the year that they made the Elite Eight right. with Damari and Leo and all those and guys. Demon hit the shot against Memphis. Yeah. yeah, and then they made two more NCAA tournaments, I believe, after that in a row. So that period between like 07 to 2011, that's as close as we've ever come to them being good at the same time. Right, and there's a chance this year. I mean, it kind of th- seems to rely more on football than on basketball. Right, yeah, it feels like basketball is going to be definitely a – 24 25 win team some at least maybe better and and football is kind of like a set you you would think a seven win team at least and so if things go right and there's a few breaks here and there and maybe they somebody some guy plays a little bit better than you expect especially on the defensive side of the ball for football there's a chance they could compete for the east i would think there's no great teams in it again right. this year florida added the the Notre Dame transfer. I don't. Now. I don't know and if he's I, any good. Right. Yeah. I don't either. He's, he's thrown from, like a hundred passes. He's from Notre Dame, though. So uh, right. we have so to talk about top him. five. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um. But so that that kind of started a conversation. Like, is Missouri a football school or a basketball school? And I think it totally depends on how old you are. And I think it did. It depends on how the the teams are going. Which I mean. Right. It, it's kind of it, which, like my parents, it was a football school because they were really good at football and basketball right. was terrible. If you grew up when I grew up and and more when you grew up too, football just was like something you did to pass a couple hours right. on a Saturday. But this was a basketball school from 1976 to 1996, no question right. about it. And then uh, for a while, it got to be kind of a, maybe a little bit more of a football. I think if it, mm-hmm. I, I think kids, people who are younger than 30 think it's a football school because that's what they've been good at. I guess what it comes down to is if they're both, and maybe this is what you're getting at, if they're both really good in the same season, what will people enjoy more maybe? Right. And I just, I think Missouri is just more of a basketball state. See, I don't. I think Missouri wants to be a football, I think the fan well, base think, wants to be a football school. Right. But they just haven't had enough long-term sustained success to really be one. I mean, even their run from, I don't know if you want to say 05 to 11, mm-hmm. like that's seven years. Like Missouri basketball, when I was growing up from 76 to 94, they were a top 15 program in the country. Right. Missouri football's never been that for an extended period of time. And I guess I kind of look at it when it's, when it's at its best, what people in Missouri really, really care about is beating Kansas at basketball, I think. I, I mean, that is like really. And, but I think so, so now you have a whole generation of people who will never see that. Right, which is. A shame. Hopefully, I know there was an article in the Kansas City Star where uh, Jim Sterks 
working on getting that change. And I saw Andrew well, Carter. Hopefully he's who, good friends with Bill Self. Man, right, because that's, that's what it all relies happened. on. Um, yeah, I, I just think when it comes down to it, it's it's a little bit more of a basketball school. And, and the fact that football is just such a, I would say overall, and obviously in the United States, a bigger sport than right. basketball, that, that's saying something when it's not, Missouri's not a traditional basketball powerhouse or anything right. like that. It it makes sense that Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, it's easy to understand, UCLA, right. Indiana, why those schools lean towards basketball. The fact that Missouri doesn't really have any or great, great success in either sport, it, and it, I still feel like it leans a little bit more towards basketball, it's just... I don't. I grew up in a part of Missouri where they don't even play football. Like there's no, we there's didn't not have enough people. Yeah, there wasn't enough people. <laughs> there's no, we, but we all played basketball. Everybody yeah. played basketball. I don't know. That's maybe that's I'm leaning more in that way because I grew up in that situation. Maybe I'm sure people that grew up in the St. Louis area and played football all the time maybe lean a little bit more towards football. But it just seems more like a basketball state, basketball school to me. And it's such a unique thing because I think most schools. If you just name a school, you immediately think of one sport or the other. Right. With like at least eighty to ninety percent right. of the schools, the only ones that the ones that always jump to mind that give me some hesitation are like Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. and even I, Michigan, I, I guess a little bit. Yeah, uh, but Michigan football is much bigger, I yeah. think, than Michigan basketball. I mean, they had the Fab Five, they won a national title, but I, I think most people are going to think of Michigan football and those helmets mm-hmm. and all that. Michigan State, like. I think it's – I don't know. Like, in yeah, the 60s, they were really good at football, and they've had a good run lately, but they've had Magic Johnson right. and Mateen Cleaves right. and all the Tom final Izzo. fours under Izzo. Yeah. You know, so maybe they're a little bit more of a basketball school. Wisconsin, I'm not positive. Like, I think football, but right. they've been pretty good at basketball right. the last 20 years. Yeah, there, and I'm sure there's a few others if we sat down and really – Maybe fun. Iowa. Iowa, yeah. They, I mean – I kind of always think of them as a football school, but they they have had a, quite a bit of good basketball success over the years. Uh, it, you know, I think Arkansas fans would say, no doubt, we're a football school. Arkansas has been much better at basketball than right. football my entire life. Yeah, that's true. Um, Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would lean basketball at Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's. But there, there. The point is, there aren't a lot where you no. have to really think. No, about No, they're not. Either. Yeah, we're having to work, and we're at like six. Or yeah, we've got like... four to six. Yeah, exactly. So it's inconsequential. It means nothing. But look, it's June. Like we have to find crap right. to talk about. You know, other than you know, giving people the PSA of staying in their apartment to smoke their weed. <laughs> uh, we're here for the public, and we're here to try to find ways to. Uh, fill the slow months because really it is pretty slow for the next month or so right yeah this is definitely the the downtime of year there's there's uh camps are pretty much wrapped up they might have a satellite camp somewhere coming up i know they did memphis not that long ago and stuff like that um their night at the zoos july 21st that sounds like they're going to be bringing some guys in for that um i know names we've heard so far um adonis bone donis boone um Chad Bailey, maybe some other guys. Some of those kids from Alabama may try yeah, to get up. Tank Jenkins mentioned they were coming up. Him and James were coming up uh, in early July. But sometimes those guys don't always exactly know dates right. down to the to the exact week and things like that. So uh, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be a little slow over the next few months or next few weeks and stuff. So uh, yeah, just talking about top thirty top games, 30 games and, and the rest and. and and look at football, basketball schools. To bring this full circle, like 
you don't want to hear news about your football team for the next month. No. Like, it's anything you hear other than, hey, this is some media outlet trying to fill time by putting together a list. Anything you hear about a football player from your university, no matter what university it is, is going to be bad. Right. Yeah, they're either, like, left the program I mean, you might hear something about a transfer in every once in a while, but that's yeah. like that's not really your university. Late, like that's or somebody something. that came in from somewhere else. So they, yeah. So it's uh, it's good to be quiet this time of year. Yeah. So college athletes, keep your name out of the paper. <laughs> keep your name off the internet. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's us finding a way to waste twenty five minutes. Hopefully, we've gotten you through your commute or through most of your time on the treadmill. Uh, Either that or if you you're turn- running 25 minutes on a treadmill, you're a better person than me. <laughs> Either that or you turned it off 15 minutes ago and said, I'm tired of listening to these idiots talk. So, Anyway, um, I don't know if we'll be back next week. We, we yeah, might we'll be. See. We're trying to get Barry Odom. And James Foster. Trying to get James Foster. Um, yeah, we'll we see. might be. I don't know. Might be a couple weeks. I don't understand why people don't want to talk to us. I don't either, man. We had Michael Porter Jr. on. (laughs) We're big deal. PowerMizzou.com podcast. Listen to it. Thanks.